just turn off your brain and watch the McKinley High Glee Club cheat on each other every single episode. Welcome to the Sing Sations podcast. I'm Eliza, and I think that they should have done more summer-themed episodes on Glee, a la High School Musical 2. My name is Olive, and I low-key want to see what Glee's COVID episode would have been like. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, it would have been so bad. You know it would have been so bad. I um, think it would have been like uh, in season, I think, five. They did an episode that's like, quote-unquote, acoustic covers of songs. Mm-hmm. And so it would have been like everyone in their homes, like being forced to resort to singing with only a guitar or singing with only a piano without everyone inexplicably knowing all the backup uh, tracks. I really want to talk about a Glee COVID episode, um, but we should we do that. Have... I guess, no, we should keep that for a future um, mini episode. Yes, that was my thought. Mini episode thought. This week, we are going over the episode Mashup, which coincidentally features no mashups i know i noticed that i was like okay mashup i know that there was an episode called mashup and for some reason i thought it was the boys versus girls thing where they actually did mashups but no no because that would make sense and as we've noted uh with the creation of our new word um nothing in glee makes sense last episode sue sylvester was trying some new uh, tactic to destroy the Glee Club from the inside out. Ended up kind of giving up on that plan. And she found out that Quinn was pregnant and kicked her off the Cheerios. That was kind of like the main thing that happened that episode. Mm-hmm. Which kind of weird because started like the opening scene of this episode is another slushying. Um, and we see Quinn in her full cheerleading uniform. I actually, um, I didn't even notice that, but you're so right. She got kicked off the Cheerios team last episode, and that's like a big drastic thing for her character. So why is she still wearing the uniform? I think she gets kicked off again this episode. That's extremely iconic, and I think was probably very well thought out by their costume team. Probably didn't My- expect someone to make a podcast and analyze it 10 years later. Uh, so it starts out, and this is the first time that we meet Karovsky. Dave Karovsky, um, who they specify is a hockey player in this episode, but in future episode, he's a football player. Okay, here's the thing about hockey teams. Why is there a hockey team in o- Ohio? I'm, that's my point. I'm getting to that. Okay, I'm going to out myself uh, for the stonable offense of being a fan of the NHL. But so hockey is like an extremely expensive sport to play. Outside of like Canada and like prep schools in Canada, very rarely are you going to have a high school hockey team. It's much more common that you are going to have like the team that's in the town. Like it would be like separate. So like it would be like he may be a hockey player, but they McKinley High with all of their budget issues would not have just a hockey team that is the McKinley High hockey team. I also don't think that they have enough people to man a hockey team. They also specify, he says like, now that you're on Glee Club, you're even lower than us hockey players, which implies that the hockey players are like unpopular or at least less popular than the football players. So like, again, you're right. Where do they get funding at the school where we have no funding for anything besides football and cheerleading? He, he throws a slushie in Finn's face. Finn is, of course, upset by this because it is the first time he's ever been slushied. Um, and Karofsky explains now that they're losing popularity, they are 
quote unquote fair game to bully, I guess. I think that in case it wasn't like abundantly obvious, we were not popular kids. I feel like being popular does not insulate you from being bullied. Also, like, Quinn is a popular person at this school, right? But also, like, it can definitely be inferred that, like, Quinn didn't really have true friends until she joined Glee Club, right? So, like, no, she probably wasn't being bullied, but she also probably didn't have, like, a lot of people she could trust. And, like, that's kind of the dichotomy that Glee creates, With like, yes, they're unpopular now, but like they've got a team of people who they can like trust and rely on, which is why we ended with Keep Holding On last episode. Oh, yeah. But anyway, after that scene in the hallway, we cut to Teacher's Lounge and Ken and Emma enter and they say to Will, we need to talk like super seriously. And when I first watched this episode, I was convinced they were going to talk about like whatever it is that Will and Emma have going on. Uh, But that's not this scene. Yes. You think it's going to be like something serious, but they sit down and Ken explains that they are, they are getting married, even though Emma refuses to tell her mother about the engagement (laughs) and that while they do have to be in the same room as each other during the ceremony, they want to have the ceremony as far away from everyone they know as possible. And by they, I mean, Emma, because obviously Emma is like very, embarrassed essentially was like pushed into marrying Ken when she doesn't want to which I still have issues with but like we don't need to get into that like just let women be alone you know leave women alone in general leave them alone so they are getting married in Hawaii and they are coming to Will uh, because they want him to choreograph a mashup just like he's done with his Glee kids a mashup of the two songs that they want for their first dance at their wedding Emma wants their first dance to be to I Could Have Danced All Night from My Fair Lady, which is a good song, but I think is a terrible wedding song. Oh, I I absolutely think that it's a terrible first dance song for wedding because, I mean, like... It's not a particularly romantic song. It's not a romantic song. It's not even, like, I think a good song to dance to. Like, it's a little too fast for, like, a partner dance. Um, And then... Ken's idea for what he wants their first dance to be um, is I want to look up who this song is by so that I can it's the thong song by Cisco thank and you yeah if, if you thought I could have danced all night is a bad choice for a first dance at a wedding just wait for the glee cover of the thong song just wait right. you know so then... essentially Ken is like I can't shake my money maker to a song that doesn't have like a dance beat to it and they they ask Will for like private dance lessons specifically for Emma so like she can dance in her her dress and Ken says that at some point he had all of his toenails removed such a weird thing that we just brush over and after the teacher's lounge scene we cut to Glee Club rehearsal and Quinn is uh cleaning slushy off of Finn and they're talking about how their reputation as the it couple of high school is at stake and Rachel is like melodramatically staring at them because God forbid Finn have the girlfriend that Rachel is aware he has. Mr. Schuster hands out this new sheet music. He asks Finn to take the to the lead and like play the drums. And Finn is like, I can't see anything. I have corn syrup in my eyes. Um, shouldn't you be going to the school nurse, Finn? That's just a thought. That's also a big issue of like, bullying at the school just goes like completely unchecked kids are getting slushied like every day and none of the adults do anything about it 
Will does, Will enters and he's like, hey, you guys all enjoyed mashups, right? Get ready to like not do any mashups this week. He says that they're going, the assignment, because he gives them assignments, even though this is a club, not a class, is to find a mashup for the song Bust a Move. Um, Uh, Which I suppose he probably chose because it is like somewhat similar to the thong song. However, I would argue that it's much less cringy. It's much less cringy and... I actually kind of love this performance because he says, okay, then I guess I'll show you how it's done. And he takes off, he starts unbuttoning like his button up shirt and he has like a t-shirt underneath. Two things about that. Thing one, he's wearing like a bright orange t-shirt under like a pale blue shirt. It would absolutely show through. Second of all, I am literally begging Glee to stop having these high schoolers go, ooh, when their teacher starts undressing in the classroom. They should be going, please don't, please stop. They should be reporting him to Figgins. I just, I also have many things to say about this. So it's a performance of Bust a Move by Young MC, performed by Mr. Will Schuster. He says it is his favorite song. And you're right. This is like a, this is a better performance than Gold Digger. So here's the thing. Matthew Morrison is a good singer and a good dancer. He's actually like a really good dancer and he gets to show it off during this number. Yeah, he break dances. Like it's, it's, it's dancing. It's very obviously like boy band dancing, but like it's good. It just doesn't make sense for the uh, leader of the Lee Club to be singing. A group of children. He also, it's, actually, like- it's actually relevant later in the episode to notice that Puck also says that he's not going to sing the lead. I forget why he doesn't do it, but like it's important later on that he publicly goes, I'm not singing the lead on this. So here's the thing. Yeah, so none of the boys like want to sing lead on the song Bust a Move, which causes Will Schuster to god forbid re- god forbid resort to singing. I think that this song could have ruled if one of the girls sang it, honestly. So here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. Mind meld with me for a moment. So Will Schuster doing doing this dancing, right? How dope would this have been if it had been a Matt and a Mike duet? That would have gone so hard. That would have gone so hard. And it like, Matt and Mike weren't really uh, cast for their singing, you know, in this season. Uh, They were cast like as dancers. But this is like a very dance heavy song. And you also don't necessarily need to have like the most beautiful melodic voice for it. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. Like they make a big deal in later seasons about how Mike can't sing. And like, he sounds fine. Um, I really like Harry Shum Jr.'s voice. Yeah, he has a gorgeous voice. It's... It's another one of the Glee storylines that doesn't make sense because Ryan Murphy hated all of his actors. The way that Will is performing it, it is like sung a little bit, but like you could very easily have non-singers do this song while Mm -hmm. dancing. And the other thing is like, I know that suspension of disbelief isn't even a thing here, but like, how is he doing all of that dancing? Like upside down on a handstand and singing this at the same time. What we could have had is Matt and Mike like trading off and doing break dancing bits. Yes, there's a line in the song, or there's several sexually explicit lines in the song, but specifically the line, something like, uh, something, something, you want to sex her, but you're standing on the wall like you was Poindexter. And while he's singing that line, he's like dancing with Quinn, the 16-year-old, his student. So yeah, after after the rendition of Bust and Move that we really, really don't want to like, we go into a scene in Emma's office and Finn and Quinn are in there to ask her about how they can possibly be more popular, even though wow. Emma is probably the least cool person on this show. They are asking her for advice 
uh, she gets distracted uh, by Will behind them, wearing a pair of sunglasses inside. But so he says that they should wear sunglasses because sunglasses are cool. And Finn says, yeah. Wait, no, I'm sorry. What happens is she is distracted uh, watching Will pass by her office. And in her reverie, she says, sunglasses are so sexy. And Finn and Quinn are like, what did you just say? And Emma's like, oh, yeah, like sunglasses, guys. Like you should just wear sunglasses and like people will like you more because sunglasses are so cool. And Finn says, yeah, sunglasses are great because nobody sees your eyes. I could be looking at your boobs. Or he says something to that effect. I could be looking at your boobs and you would have no idea. And the face that Quinn gives him, Diana didn't need to go that hard in the scene, but she did. You know, Um, can I just say, this is another scene where you can really tell with the writing that they gave Quinn, they wanted Quinn to come off so shallow they wanted to, this to come off like Quinn being like, I just care about being popular. And like, that's all I care about. That's the only thing that's important to me. But once again, Diana is acting her butt off. And she's so good in this scene that like, it really makes you feel for her, even though it is kind of shallow. But like, these are, these are two kids who have like been on top of the high school pyramid, right? Probably their whole lives or on top of the middle school pyramid or, you know, but however things work in public schools. And like, I feel like it's to an extent reasonable for them to be thrown off by like suddenly being unpopular. You know, Quinn uh, and Finn are both very much like, I don't want to be stuck in Lima, Ohio forever. And like being head cheerleader, being the quarterback, like that's like, that's a way out. Mm -hmm. Like you can put that on a college application and like people will take notice. Oh, so it's kind of, it's a weird either or I guess because you're right like writing head cheerleader um of the Cheerios which are established to be like a almost world-renowned cheerleading group like that is something very impressive that like she could put on a resume or could put on a college application however I think what Glee also shows us is that a lot of the people who put too much faith in who they are in high school end up living in the past too much end up as Will Schuster who'd wanted to perform Freak Out because they did it in the 90s. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, end up becoming people who like never leave their hometown and never really follow their dreams because they're like too attached to like the small bit of fame that they had at their high school. Speaking of Will Schuster being awful, we go into or we go to a shot of Emma wearing an absolutely enormous wedding dress which she says is inspired by Princess Diana. So it's got like a massive train to it. They are in the school after hours because time means nothing in Glee land. And they are having private dance lessons. I, actually, I guess it does make sense that they're doing this at the school because Terry probably would not have let Emma into their house. That's fair. Um, Emma also tells an anecdote about the reason her sister got divorced is because she didn't wear her dress to practice and like she stepped on her husband's toes or like the husband kept stepping on her train. I feel like there are some other underlying issues there, Emma. Yeah. So we get, I, um, I hesitate to call this the worst ever performance that Glee did. I think we'll have to at some point do We'll have to do another mini episode tallying the best episodes or best songs and worst songs. I do not think this is the worst because I think the worst is Blurred Lines. However, this that is up there. That was what I was going to say. 
I definitely think that this is maybe the worst solo performance. Yeah, perhaps. I Because like all the other like bad ones that come to mind, like Blurred Lines, What Does the Fox Say? Baby Got Back. Baby Got Back is so bad that it's good. But um, so we get to hear Will Schuster perform the thong song. And I would like to read, um, now that I know that my mom has not actually been keeping up with the podcast, uh, I'm going to do a dramatic reading of some of the lyrics of the thong song now, just so you get like... May I set the scene for a little bit as well as we yes. enter enter this dramatic reading? So they are in a school classroom. All the chairs have been removed from the floor so that they can have their dancing lessons. Emma is in a massive wedding dress. Think Ariel at the end of The Little Mermaid with her like super puffy sleeves, absolutely yes. massive veil. And he is quote unquote giving her dance lessons, but instead he dances around her while he sings these lyrics. This thing right here is letting all the ladies know what guys talk about. You know, the finer things in life. Heh heh heh. Check it out. Ooh, that dress, so scandalous. And you know, another guy couldn't handle it. See you shaking that thing like who's da-ish with your look in your eye, so devilish. Uh, you like to dance at all the hip-hop spots. Then you cruise to the cruise, like connect the dots. Not just urban, she likes the pop because she was living the vita loca. She got jumps like a truck, 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 thighs like what, 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 baby move your butt, 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 I think I'll sing it again. Um, she had dumps like a truck, 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 thighs like a what, 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 all night long, let me see that thong. I like it when the beat goes, da-na, da-na, baby make your booty go, da-na, da-na. And it, it, it basically goes on like that. Um, wow, I love Hamilton. <laughs> um apologies for making you listen to that um I think like this is a very like clear example of like 90s and like I think when it's not sung by Will Schuster like this is a fun song so if I may I think this is (sighs) Glee really I think what's important to remember when you're watching Glee is that it is it is a satire and that it is making fun of of all the characters it's making fun of people in real life who do glee clubs or or performances that kind of thing but the problem is that sometimes glee strays away from making fun of this type like if they played this cover as if it was a comedic thing if they played this as like a ha ha will schuster is singing the thong song like it's it's funny because it's so dumb this might be more enjoyable. But instead, the way they're filming it, we are supposed to find this attractive. We are supposed to find this like, oh, wow, they have such great chemistry with each other. They don't. They do not have chemistry. And this is super cringy. I want to try to argue that like, oh, it's, it's satire, like they're trying to be funny. But no, they're clearly not trying to be funny. They're trying to make this seem like this is such a romantic, or not romantic, but Sexually because- charged. Yeah, sexually charged. That's a good word for it. This is another scene where they try to convince us that Matthew Morrison is a sex icon as Will Schuster when it's like, no, he's playing Will Schuster, who I don't even want to think about having sex. Yeah. Uh, At the end of the song, he, I think, trips over her train and kind of pulls him down to the floor with her. So she's like lying on his chest. Again, there's no chemistry. It's so awkward to watch. And they don't get up for like several seconds. And we see Ken in the window looking at them. Yeah, Ken's been watching them, assumably this whole time. 
So I guess he just let this performance of the thong song happen. And for that, I will never forgive him. Um, after that horrible scene, we cut to football practice and the football players are kind of giving Finn a hard time calling him gay. Uh, they're like undermining his, his leadership. They're not listening to all the plays that he wants to do. And they are, they are claiming that they have started to like take heat from other kids at the school because he has gone all gay and joined Glee Club. Um, and Finn's like, mm, are you aware that like a gay guy helped us win our first, or I guess, no, Kurt's not out right now, but he's like, guys, Glee Club like helped us win our first match of the season. Like what, what are you doing? Uh, but rather than having an eloquent conversation, he instead just tackles one of the players and Ken has to come and break them up. He tells them that they have to act like a team and to make sure that that happens, he's adding in an extra practice at the same time that Glee rehearses. And if they don't show up at the practice, they're off the team. Which is in retaliation of finding Emma and Will dancing together the night before he's doing that. Because why would they deal with their own emotions and problems in a healthy way when instead they, they could, you know, emotionally scar high school students? Oh, of course. Um, we cut to Rachel's bedroom where she is practicing what a girl wants for reasons that are never explained. I guess we're just doing this. Puck is backing her up on the car, on the guitar. And then he's like, I'm tired. Uh, or He stops playing and then they just start making out. And this is just... I have so many issues with the scene. It's not, not a secret that we both hate Puck. Puck is the worst. Yeah. It's also... Um, no secret that Puck's actor has done very lots of really bad things and we're not going to talk about those things because we're going to keep our podcast as trigger free as possible but it's it's an upsetting scene and it's upsetting um, to have to watch a character that he played he is playing guitar in her room because I, I'm confused by that already because nothing about Puck's character has told us he would be the type to agree to go to Rachel's house just so that she could sing t- into her hairbrush in, in a mirror. Um, but he suggests they take a break and he goes, or I think Rachel asks, well, what do we do now? And Puck goes, want to make out? And she goes, okay. And they start making out. <laughs> and we find out. My own high school experience indicates that it is not that easy. Um, Truly not. Um, we find out that Puck had, while Puck was watching Schindler's List with his mother and his little sister the other night, in the middle of the episode, or not the episode, in the middle of the movie, Schindler's List, which is about the Holocaust, his mother went, you're no better than them, Noah, why can't you date a Jewish girl? Supposedly implying that Puck is no better than a Nazi because he like hasn't dated Jewish girls. He's been dating goys. Um, oh, God forbid. Um, and that same night, Puck had a dream where Rachel came into his room at night in like a- I hate this scene so much. So In bad. like a weird, like white gauzy dress. And she's wearing Angelic. a Star of David necklace. Ugh. And he says, 
the only reason he says the only reason I knew it was a dream was because there's no way Rachel could climb up the side of my house with no shoes on and I just want to say she could with shoes on she could do it with (laughs) that's a good point um so he cuts back and he's just like it's great making out with Rachel because making out uh Rachel is fully fantasizing about Finn yeah um they literally in her mind she is making out with Finn um and she like way to process those emotions girlfriend um rough (laughs) she like pushes Puck away and she says I I can't be with a man who can't sing a solo and she says that he has to sing a solo in Glee Club in order to like earn her heart I will just say I watched this with my brother and he said that if he was in this situation and a girl like for real said that to him he would be like okay bye which is so valid of your brother I should watch the next episode of Glee with my brother see what he says um because my brother is a straight edge um it'll be great to do with your brother having not seen any previous episodes um, so he performs with the guitar again, Sweet Caroline. Um, yeah, they cut the Glee Club, like, assumably the next day. And he, he's like, I'm doing, he doesn't really say I'm doing this for you, Rachel. But yeah, it's like. It's implied. Kind of pulls it out of his, pulls it out of nowhere. Um, he says he's, it's because, is, is Sweet Caroline a Neil Diamond song? Yeah. Yeah. Is Neil Diamond Jewish? Because he says, like, I'm doing this because of a Jewish icon. And then, like. I think Will reacts weirdly. He is. Okay, yeah, just making sure. So yeah, he does Sweet Caroline. And unfortunately, I do think this is probably the best song of the episode, just because all other songs this episode are kind of bad. Like, I don't want to give Puck the the best episode, or the best song of the episode title, but I think I have to because it is pretty good. Objectively, it's a good performance, which makes me upset they gave it to such a bad character. Um so they've got Finn and Quinn sunglasses down the hall. They think they are so cool. They're like, we look like celebrities right now, just like avoiding the paparazzi. And as they turn a corner, they are ambushed by the entire football team. And with slushies. With slushies, all of them holding slushies. And so like the both of them essentially like get drowned in slushy because there's like 20 on both of them. Which is upsetting. I would be very upset by that. One of the players warns them that there will be more to come if Finn chooses Glee Club over football. And can I just say, like, we're episodes into this. Glee Club is exceedingly hard for me to say. Yeah. Show choir isn't as bad. Yeah. Show choir, that's fine. For some reason, my I just don't want to process Glee Club so yeah, they give they give Finn an ultimatum that like if he doesn't choose football over Glee, then they're just gonna keep slushing him. They have that he has to make a choice. And we cut to a Sue's corner uh, vignette where Sue is talking about how she believes that people should be allowed to an- marry animals because people should be allowed to marry whoever they want, not have sex. Because she believes that intimacy has no place in a marriage. <laughs> Sue's Corner is the gift that keeps on giving, honestly. Truly. Um, between that and Yes We Cane, um, I just feel like they really didn't need to give all of those bangers. Um, I, I'm not saying that they're good positions to take. I'm saying that they're objectively funny TV. 
after Sue's Corner. I, I feel like Sue's Corner, for some people at least, was taken in a very like the original Stephen Colbert show. We're in like, oh, this is so ridiculous. It's obviously satire. But like, no, Sue is 100% serious. So after they are done taping Sue's Corner, the one of the main anchor men, uh, Rod Ren- Remington, Rod Remington uh, starts to hit on her kind of. And Sue goes, aren't you married, Rod? And he goes, he says something like, my wife drowned tragically. So now I have the apartment to myself. Would you like to go out on a date with me? He just like casually drops the fact that his wife like died horribly. And Sue does agree to go on a date with him, which is like shocking because like she's she's a a woman with a short haircut. She's never had a man be interested in her before. We then cut to a scene of Sue and Will doing a swing routine to sing, sing, sing with a swing. And this performance rules. If this was singing, this would have been the best performance of this episode. The dancing, the dancing is so good. It's so good. I cannot stress to you enough how good you being the listener. I cannot stress to my listeners enough how good this scene is. It's so iconic because... Like, again, like I mentioned earlier, like Matthew Morrison, we acknowledge that him as Will Schuster is like very cringe nowadays, but like Matthew Morrison is such a good dancer and he keeps getting like kind of bad roles in like movies and TV show. And the last Broadway thing he did was Finding Neverland, which was kind of a flop, but like he is a very talented dancer and this uh, swing dance combination is so cute. And he and Sue actually have, like, really good chemistry, um, both as, like, enemies when they are portrayed that way. And also uh, in this scene when she's explaining to, to Will that she's, like, finally found someone she really likes. And she's taking these swing dance lessons from Will to, like, help impress him because they're going to go swing dancing uh, for their date. And it's, like, it's a good scene um, because I think uh, Sue... I hesitate to say it humanizes Sue because I don't think Sue Sylvester is a human person, but it is, it's a really good dance combination. It's very fun. And I just think it's interesting how at the beginning of the season, at the beginning of the series, it was well established that Will Schuster has no idea how to dance. And now two people this episode have asked him for dancing lessons. Maybe he took that thing to heart and he went out and got dancing lessons of his own. Sue then tells him that... Ken is forcing the the four boys in Glee Club minus Kurt um, to choose between Glee Club and football. Um, to which, of course, he that makes him upset. He confronts Ken in the boys' locker room about it. Will doesn't realize that this is actually about Emma. Mm-hmm. Um, at least not at first. At least Ken not at does. First. Ken does sort of explain it to him in this scene. Ken is also. I do think Ken is in the wrong here because. He's like, oh, I'm just doing my job. I'm just like, I'm doing this for my football guys. When like, clearly he's doing it as retaliation to Will. But he also calls Will out like, hey, you're like clearly leading on the woman who I am planning on marrying. So like, stop that. Um, and Will does acknowledge like, okay, I, I have not been encouraging Emma, but I also have not been discouraging her. So that's a problem. He's he's inserting his own drama into the lives of these actual literal children. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is really cool and fun of him. Very well thought out. Very adult. Um, so we cut to all the Glee kids, or no. 
This is the first time that Puck gets slushied by Karovsky again. So just to be clear, I I just think this is very, um, just a really big mood. Rachel and Puck are walking down the school hallway uh, and with Rachel on his arm, because assumably now that he sang the solo at Glee Club, then she is now like willing to enter a relationship with him. And she is like in the middle of talking about some like old, old ass Broadway show. Uh, and he looks completely like eyes glazed over. Which is what our dynamic used to be whenever he talked about Glee. And then I got suckered in because quarantine makes fools of us all. Yeah. Um, um, and right as Rachel uh, describes how proud she is to like have him together with her now, he gets slushied in the face by Karofsky. Uh, and so they have to rush to the bathroom to like clean it out of his hair and his eyes and stuff. And it's like, this would be a cute scene if it weren't Puck. Yeah, I really like, I have such a hard time feeling any sympathy for Puck because he's such a bad person. They do kind of bond a little bit about like how bad it feels to feel so low, you know, because it's it's enough to be like unpopular at school, but then to be like humiliated in the hallway uh, to to have your entire ego taken down. Like it hurts a lot. And in these two scenes as well, I think Rachel mentions Finn first and then I think mentions Quinn a little later. And and you can tell there's like a uh, there's an expression of avoidance on Puck's face, I would say. Like he's maybe trying to avoid thoughts of like Finn and Quinn being together because he still has not like come to terms with the fact that they are together. And even though Rachel doesn't know that Puck is the father of Quinn's baby, like it's still very painful for him to acknowledge. This also inspires him to make his decision that he's going to choose football over Glee Club. Uh, Rachel understands why he would do that because Rachel, despite her flaws, is I think actually like a good person, like a, Mm -hmm. a very empathetic one. And so she's like, okay, I understand and leaves. Um, Yeah. Also at the end of the scene, uh, because Puck has chosen football over Glee and that means that he and Rachel can't be together anymore. He says he feels like such a bad Jew. And as Rachel leaves, he slaps a yarmulke on his head. Where did he get a yarmulke? I missed that. He puts it in like, like where did it comes out of nowhere? He was not wearing it in the earlier scenes. Yeah, I fully missed that. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, after that, we cut to Will at, assumably like a bridal shop. Um, he's waiting for Emma to try on a new dress because the old one that she had been wearing for their previous lesson, because the train was so long, they decided she's not going to be able to dance in something like that big and flouncy. Here's the thing about a wedding train. Most of them are going to have a skirt hike, like Mm -hmm. specifically designed in the back to hold up the train so that you can like move as a person in the world. But like, I understand they're like, okay, gonna we're gonna give emma a new dress we're gonna do a full scene um they put on a version of i could have danced all night uh and he says that she should sing along because that would make the timing easier i don't know anything about ballroom dancing but i that sounds wrong but i don't know enough about ballroom dancing to refute it (laughs) um the dress she is in is very pretty it does seem perhaps easier to dance in it's just like a simple satin gown it doesn't really have much detailing in it but she looks very lovely and they do a cover of I could have danced all night and I hate to say it but like it's because the song has a very 
traditional like legit soprano way of being sung but it doesn't really fit uh Jayma Mays's voice unfortunately mm-hmm. she's um, very much more of a mezzo um, yeah, I also am biased against anyone who sings this song because the role was originated by Julie Andrews and I am a massive Julie Andrews fan. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's just like singing any Barbara Streisand or just like singing any um, Judy Garland. Like, you're not going to sound exactly like Julie Andrews, so why try, kind of? Exactly. Um, so Will tells her about how Ken is making the guys choose between Glee and football, uh, which we then cut to the Glee Club room as they are waiting for 3.30 to happen and the boys to come in. Uh, Matt and Mike come in first because they are good boys and we love them. They Uh, are greeted by Santana and Brittany because we don't want Santana and Brittany to seem like lesbians yet. Yet. And then very slowly, like while Rachel watches the door, Puck does end up entering. So he did choose Glee over football. However... Quinn does the same and looks at the door and Finn does not come in, which means that Finn has chosen football over Glee. Tragique, truly. Tragique with a Q-U-E. So then we cut to a scene, another hand in the slushy in hand shot. And it is Finn approaching Kurt and Rachel in the hallway. And the rest of the Glee Club kids are wearing raincoats. Truly such an iconic scene. So yes, everyone's wearing raincoats. Kurt is also wearing not a raincoat, but like a rubber. A clear trench coat. It's a clear rubber trench coat, which is mwah, chef's mwah. kiss. Such a look. Mwah, Kurt Hummel, light of and my life. This is, I will say, one of, I think, my favorite scenes in Glee. So it's, I agree. Finn, it's Finn carrying the slushie and he's carrying it up to Kurt, assumably because like the football guys have challenged him into slushing someone from the Glee Club someone who they think is really lame and as he approaches Kurt he's like almost kind of shaking and Kurt just says do it which I think is like such a brave moment from him and and then it's followed by a very like sweet moment from Finn because he's like I don't want to do it because I know you're very particular about what goes on your face the other Glee kids kind of not try to I guess they try to stop Finn not like take the slushy out of his hand when it would be very easy to just take it out of his hand Um, but they try to kind of defend Kurt a little bit, but Rachel's like, well, he's made his choice. He doesn't care about us anymore. And Finn's like struggling with it. He doesn't know what to do. And Kurt just says, well, we can't, well, we can't have anyone thinking badly of you. God forbid. And he takes the slushie from Finn and Finn's like, what are you doing? And Kurt says, it's called taking one for the team. And he throws the slushie on himself. And he says, now think about if any of your football friends would have done that for you. Legend. A legend. Um, Kurt Hummel, only man. I love him so much. And it's truly like, it's a great scene for all of them, but I think especially for Kurt, because in this episode doesn't feature that much Kurt, but in earlier episodes, ones that centered a little bit more on his coming out story, um, we we got told a lot that Kurt at least does not think that he is a confident person. Kurt does not think that he is a person who has a lot of like faith in himself. But then what we see is that like Kurt is really willing to like sacrifice himself and like stand up for what he believes is right. Um, and after he throws the slushie on himself, he says, get me to a day spa fast. And all the girls rush him into the girl's bathroom. After that scene, because 
although we don't want to, we do have to move on from gushing about Kurt. We uh, cut to the TV station, which I guess is where Sue and Rod were planning on meeting up for their date or something. Not sure why that is. Sue is wearing like a full zoot suit, like an absolutely massive oversized zoot suit. She looks And she looks great. Impeccable. An impeccable look. But Jane Lynch she, just has such an iconic swagger. Like she's got the one hand in the pocket. She's like snapping her. A legend. A legend, Jane Lynch. Jane Lynch, I adore you. Unfortunately, she does catch Rod making out with um, Andrea Carmichael, the co-anchor. And Rod is like, oh, when I said we were swingers, I thought you knew what that meant, which is incredibly iconic. Um, But this breaks Sue's heart because she thought they were really going to be something really exclusive. I mean, if a person's polyamorous, you can still have, like, that is a real relationship and we shouldn't discredit that. But Mm -hmm. clearly she was not informed that Rob was a swinger. And so she, she has to walk away very embarrassed. And then we cut to the uh, assumably, I guess, the next day's football practice. And Puck is watching the practice from in the bleachers because now he's off the football team. One day I'm going to do a Glee rewatch and just like count the number of days that happen per episode. I want to say it's around five. I'm going to like take a guess and say it's around five days, which is ridiculous because last episode they specified that it was two weeks till sectionals and And there are so many episodes in between yeah we've still got like three or four episodes to go but rachel walks up to puck um in the in the bleachers and she goes yeah like it she asks if he misses it and he tries to act all macho and be like no i i made the right choice but she's like no like i can tell you're really upset about this um he also says that he doesn't or she says that she doesn't think their relationship's gonna work and she and she's right (laughs) she's right I think he is the first to call her out and say like you've got a crush on Finn but then she counters and is like well you like Quinn and although he does not want to admit it um again kind of Puck's got this very like macho man act to him like he never really wants to talk about his feelings because toxic masculinity and Rachel goes, you, you have feelings for Quinn. And Puck goes, well, they're never breaking up. So like, it's inconsequential of whatever we feel because they're never going to break up. She's got a baby now. And again, Rachel and does not know Finn that. it's his. Yeah, Rachel does not know that this is Puck's baby. Rachel <laughs> asks if they can still be friends to which Puck goes like, we were never friends. It's an interesting scene. Rachel says that their relationship was built on fantasy. Um, which is fair because I think but it was literally built on fantasy because Puck had that weird dream about Rachel entering his room but also like this was never a couple that was gonna work out <laughs> no one thought this was a couple that was gonna work out um, I don't think that anyone could ever work out with Puck unless he does some serious soul searching yeah it's it's an interesting scene though because I do think the characters themselves kind of serve as foils to each other where they both are in love with a person they cannot have and the way they both confront those feelings are very different in previous episodes we've seen puck really like have this non-existent stick measuring contest with finn where he like for 
by some logic is trying to prove himself to Quinn or try to prove that he would be a good choice uh, to be the father, but Quinn chooses Finn over him. Whereas Rachel, I would say, hasn't really pursued Finn that much. Did go on dates with him a few episodes ago, but that was more at Finn's suggestion than it was hers. I, I think there is commentary to be made about how the characters reflect one another and can learn from one another. But yeah, this isn't really a pairing I look forward to seeing again. I guess that's how I feel. Yeah. We then flash to Will looking and uh, talking to Finn and asks to throw a ball together. This is a really cute scene where Finn and Will are tossing the football back to back and forth to each other like a father and son relationship because we can't get enough father-son imagery with Will and Finn so far. And Finn, kind of, I guess, kind of senses what Will is going to talk about, talk to him about and says, you know, he's not going to go back to Glee because he's just, he's just under so much pressure. And like, he needs to be the leader of the football team. And that's just like, it's the right decision for him right now. And Will's like, mm, you're clearly making the wrong choice here. Will does kind of uh, comment on how despite Finn trying to be the leader of the Glee Club or trying to be the leader of the football team, he's been letting other people make decisions for him. Uh, meaning like he's been letting himself be pressured by his friends or letting himself be pressured by the popular, popular crowd. Finn then goes to Ken and says that it's uncool that he can't like do both. The Troy Bolton yeah, the Troy Bolton of it all, truly. Finn says that, like, as a leader, he wants to imagine a world where everything can be great. And he wants to imagine a world where football players can also be singers. And I have news for you, Finn, that world exists, and it's called the real world, not the blue <laughs> world. It's the real world. It's the real world. It's the high school musical world. Ken does kind of, he loosens the grip a little bit, I would say, um, I says guess the Thursday I, practice is canceled. Yeah, he says the third he doesn't have to come to Thursday practices anymore, um, which means he can do Glee. Um, it's un to me, it's a little unclear why Ken did this. Um, I guess Finn's words really just stood out to him somehow. Um, but if I was a forty-something-year-old man, I probably wouldn't be swayed by the words of a sixteen-year-old. But okay, plot's got a plot. Plot's got a plot. That's another, yeah, plot's got a plot. That's something I'm sticking in my back pocket for later. Um, Sue walks up to Will in the hallway, demands the set list for sectionals, and delivers an iconic line that I will let you recite. I will go to the animal shelter and get you a kitty cat. I will let you fall in love with that kitty cat. And then on some dark, cold night, I will steal away into your home and punch you in the face. And as Sue is walking away... Will just turns and goes, oh, so it didn't work out with Ron? So, he goes, no. No, yeah, it didn't work out. Walks up to Quinn in the hallway and kicks her out of the Cheerios again. Kicks her out of the Cheerios for the second time. <laughs> she already kicked her out the episode before. Last episode. Yeah. And then we cut to Will and Emma in her office. And Will says, it is impossible to do a mashup with I could have danced all night and the thong song because the songs are too different. The songs are completely different. Um, 
Emma says it's because the songs don't go together, which she's right. Um, and she like makes it a direct comparison to her and Ken's relationship and then decides that she's not going to stop this wedding anyway. At least not yeah. yet. It's rough. Um, I feel bad for Emma and I don't know why she feels like she has to marry Ken. Because um, women can't just be content to have their own lives, I guess. It has to revolve around men. Um, so we cut to the Glee Club. Not really a rehearsal, but it's all the Glee kids hanging out in the choir room. And Finn has brought a tray of slushies with no lids on them to Glee Club. That's like It's like 20 slushies, or I don't know how many kids there are. 12. It would be 12, because there are 12 kids in Glee Club. Exactly enough for sectionals. Us will. So 13 slushies, all of which have no lids on them, which means he carried them from whatever nearby 7-Eleven there is. Or... I think they it's mentioned that they have a slushy machine in the school. But they're big gulp cups, which are 7-Eleven brand. No, I, I think it's like ultra sip or something. It's like a knockoff big gulp, but like, yeah. What this makes the... me want to do more than anything else is go to 7-Eleven and get a slushy. But the slushies also don't look like slushies. They look like Coke with lots of ice in them. It's like, yeah, it's clearly brown. Although I guess there are Coca-Cola slushies. Anyway, um, I just, I found that funny. The fact that there are no lids on any of them. So they're all just like drinking out of um, like open cups. Quinn is obviously upset. This is the first time we see her not in her Cheerios uniform. She has her hair down. She's wearing a dress. Finn starts a little, a little thank you to Mr. Shu for teaching them how two things that don't go together can sometimes go together just like football and glee and i'd like to note that we have not had a single bust a move mashup this entire episode i feel even say deserved. that they can't find a mashup for bust a move so why was this episode named mashup they notice that quinn is looking dejected off to the side and she's explain she explains that she's she feels awful she's uh, now at the bottom of the food chain, she has nothing keeping her status up, and she's gonna get a slushy facial every day. Tragic, truly. Um, Tim, there's people that are dying. Some people have war in their countries. Um... Will does uh, give a message of hope, though, and says, "You know, you may not be on the Cheerios anymore, but you've got all your friends here, your true friends, and they're gonna help clean you up every day." and be here for you and which is great which is lovely it's what Quinn deserves and to finish the episode Will explains that yeah he just he just can't imagine what it must be like to be one of those kids and getting hit with slushies every day and the Glee kids realize wait you've never been slushy Mr. Shoe and so they all slushy him at the same time um, and it's very satisfying for me personally uh, it, truly what will schuster deserves i think and that is the end of our episode yeah that's it um i will say i think i said it previously but i think the best episode uh, best song this episode is sweet caroline i want to say i i almost don't want to say that it's sweet caroline because i don't like puck and also he doesn't sing it very well i don't think he sings like the performance is good but like his voice tonally doesn't really fit well i, I think it fits the song if, if it's not Sweet Caroline, it's definitely not Thong Song, and it's definitely not I Could Have Danced All Night. So by default, it must be Bust a Move then. Bust a Move is actually kind of good. I think I got to give it up for Bust a Move. We can't agree all the time. I guess. Um, it is what it is. Otherwise, Will Schuster has not done anything illegal this episode, as far as I'm aware. 
Um, definitely made some questionable decisions. I think the song song was illegal uh, and it was the worst performance of this episode. Yeah, clearly the worst performance. Um, originally, so I will say this, originally they were going to do a mashup of I Could Have Danced All Night and Thong Song, but the episode, but the idea was scrapped because they could not figure out how to do it. Matthew Morrison submitted this episode for the Emmys in his 2010 bid for lead actor in a comedy series. I, I love that for him. I guess that's what we have to end on. Um, shall we move on to our, to our last section? Yes. And here's what you didn't miss on Glee, where we go through our Spotify playlists and find a song that we both know. And we will determine how and who, how Glee would have done this song and who would have sung it. The Man by Taylor Swift. The Man. I feel like you knowing know Glee to Rachel. Yeah, knowing Glee, they would have freaking given it to Rachel, even though. But by rights, this is a Quinn song. Oh gosh, it would be. It would sound so good in Diana Agron's like more alto tones. I want to say. So here's the thing: they would have done it as like a group goal, girl number, similar to like Express Yourself, but they would have 100 had Rachel sing lead, even though she does not really. It does not deserve fit it. her character at all. I want to say they probably would have come up with some convoluted plot where like a guy got a role that Rachel really wanted. You know what's a cursed thought? You know how Glee's constantly comparing gay men to women? It would have been so cursed. Oh my God. Well, so I'll finish my thought. It would have been so cursed if they had made Kurt sing this, implying that like he's not a man because he's gay. But separate thought. I know Unique has not been introduced yet, but I think one of the best Unique covers is If I Were a Boy by Beyonce. So the man also would have been kind of a serve. That would have been powerful. Our non-binary queen slash king royalty. Our non-binary royalty. Alex Newell. What a vibe. Amnesia by Five Seconds of Summer. I wish that I could wake up with amnesia and forget about this stupid little I want to say it would have been an arty song because I feel like his kind of twangy tenor could fit with that. I do think that would have made a good Artie song. In later seasons, this would have been a Clane breakup, but we haven't gotten to that yet. Um, uh, you know this would have been a Clane breakup. This would have been a season six, Blaine wandering the halls of Dalton. You know it. Um, but yeah, season one, Artie. Definitely, I think. Uh, we haven't gotten enough character development for Artie yet for me to like think of a scenario for it. Well, we are getting an Artie-centric episode next week. So this is actually a, a great place to lead off. I would say, so I do think Artie would sing lead on it. I want to say Finn and Puck would probably back him up um, yeah. on like the drums and the guitar. Um, and I, I don't know who it would be about. Maybe about Tina, because we're about to enter the episode where Artie and Tina's relationship starts to form. Um, mm-hmm. The next episode is Wheels, which is where we get a little bit, uncomfortably into glee trying to be really woke and well representative of marginalized groups and in doing so they are completely ableist and really tone deaf extremely offensive it's very tone deaf um they were really trying to do everything they possibly could 
for representation in just the worst way possible. That is our show. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Singsations Pod. You can find us on Tumblr at Singsations Pod. And you can find us on Instagram at Singsations Pod. That is S I N G S A T I O N S P O D. Gotta get that S in. Gotta get that S in.